This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. If you're constantly on the hunt for a good deal, then you need Rakuten. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop because members get cash back at over 3,500 stores across every category, including fashion, beauty, electronics, home essentials, traveling, dining, and more. You're already shopping at your favorite stores. Why not save while you're doing it? It's a no-brainer. Get the Rakuten app now and join the 17 million members who are already saving. Cashback rates change daily. See Rakuten.com for details. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Your cash back really adds up. Let's face it. People have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com at amica insurance we know it's more than just a car it's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive the hatchback that took you cross country and back and the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool for the cars you couldn't live without trust amica auto insurance amica Empathy is our best policy. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today.
This is the Ion Travel Podcast with CBS News Travel Editor Peter Greenberg. Hi, everybody. Peter Greenberg here, and welcome to another edition of the Ion Travel Podcast. This week, a special edition and a look at a destination that may not be high on your list right now to go for all the obvious reasons, considering the current circumstances there, Ukraine. And a look at the country from the inside, a story about travel and war, travel and resistance, and perhaps most importantly, travel and resilience and travel and recovery. Uh, I, I must admit that I was shocked and surprised. I never thought it would happen. When on February 24th, Vladimir Putin ordered the invasion of Ukraine from Russia. Uh, And what followed that, not to mention a a serious loss of life and certainly war crimes, uh, but indiscriminate bombings and not just of military targets. Uh, An outflow of refugees. Poland right now housing more than 2 million Ukrainian refugees. Uh, Of course, the loss of life continues, hospitals being bombed, schools being bombed, apartment buildings being bombed, and museums and monuments being, being bombed. It's been said in war, truth is the first casualty after, of course, the loss of life. But the second casualty, which often gets, well, ignored or not even thought about, is cultural heritage and history and storytelling uh, that, you know, places and items and and priceless artifacts that are damaged or destroyed. And uh, it's a story that needs to be told simply because sooner or later, uh, hopefully sooner, this war will be over. And how much of what wasn't damaged or destroyed can still be saved. It's, uh, you know, it's remarkable when you think back to World War I and what was, do- what was lost. World War II, you may, may remember the, the movie that was based on a true story that George Clooney did about the Monuments Men who went to cover, went to find first and then recover all the stolen and looted and hidden art and artifacts. Uh, right now, in a country that's under siege, it's difficult to focus on that. But some people are doing just that because they have a sense of history and they have a sense of meaning and purpose. One of those people, Julia Zerska. She's the deputy director of the Kharkiv City Council. And recently, in the French city of Nîmes, she attended a conference where I was speaking and I had a chance to sit down with her and have an extended conversation not just a situation report of what was happening on the ground, but what they were doing and what what help they were getting in terms of hiding, protecting, preserving uh, their monuments, their artwork, their cultural heritage, their museums, their statuary, uh, things that, you know, don't get a second chance. And so... uh, Let's join my conversation now with Julia Zerska for that frontline report. And may I remind you 
that there are first responders who always come in when there's loss of life in natural disasters and in wars. This is not a story about first responders. It's not a story about travelers on vacation. But it is a story about travel and travel with purpose, and it's a story of recovery and, uh, and one in which you can, in fact, participate. And now, my conversation with Julia Zerska. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Julia Zerska, the Deputy Director of the Kharkiv City Council, thank you for joining me. Uh, You know, we always say in war, truth is the first casualty. But the second casualty can be cultural heritage. Yes, sure. So tell me what's been going on. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting and for this opportunity to speak about it. Because really we did a lot before the war. We did a lot in Ukraine and in Kharkiv particularly to promote our cities as a tourist destination. Uh, but now, of course, we need to speak about uh, the preservation of monuments because it's a history and it's really important for us. Because uh, if we will uh, lose everything, uh, each monument or historical building, we will lose our history. And But now we are fighting for our history and for our our uh, freedom, for our independence. So that's why it's uh, I- I- we need to preserve them. Give me a sense of place. Where is Kharkiv? Kharkiv, uh, it's the eastern part of Ukraine. It's uh, just 50 kilometers from the, from the border with Russia Federation. So it's really close. And a Which half- made it an easy target. Yes, yes. But, uh, you know, the, the, uh, more than the half of Kharkiv region was occupied by Russians. That's why it was really difficult for to survive actually in Kharkiv because they bombed ev- everywhere and uh, from everywhere because it's really really close. Uh, but now uh, Kharkiv region is almost without Russians, thanks God and thanks to our army, and uh, that's why just uh, direct rocket attacks are still in Kharkiv every day, starting from the morning 24th of uh, February. And those direct rocket attacks were targeted at some of your cultural heritage. Yes, for sure, they bombed directly different museums, cultural studios, galleries, uh, just historical monuments, and we are trying to preserve them with different. Uh, complexes with sandbags and so on. So we are trying to just to save uh, everything that is really important for Kharkiv as a tourism destination and as a historical heritage. I mean, I remember all the stories from World War II. They did a movie called called The Monument Men, where they, you know, the the, uh, the people were hiding away all the art from the Germans, uh, and 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 that they could, mm-hmm. right? 
You're doing the same. Yes. And you know, uh, it's like uh, World War II uh, because they bombed universities, schools, just uh, to leave Kharkiv and Ukrainians without science, without education. Uh, because now, uh, after COVID-19, uh, it was a difficult period for students, for children just to go to sco- back to school. And it was just uh, six months uh, when uh, students and schoolmates, they went to school and war began. So well, now schools are also certainly not military targets. Oh, yes, sure. <laughs> of course, but they bombed... Uh, more than 20 schools in Kharkiv, more than 140 historical objects, objects of historical or cultural heritage. They are not military. There were no militaries there. And uh, even in Kharkiv region, we have a museum for uh, Grigory Skavarada. It's absolutely uh, unique museum. And thanks God, we prevent all these uh, items from the museum, all these historical... And yet there are some museums that took a direct hit. Yes, they just... Uh, direct rocket hit and those were destroyed absolutely even the building in which you worked uh, my municipality yes it was uh, also it's not destroyed absolutely but it uh, it is without windows without uh, doors and so on and the building near to my office uh, Kharkiv municipality uh, it's also the historical uh, historical building and the part of his historical heritage it was bombed and now we are not uh, uh, we are trying uh, t- to understand what we are going to do and if I- it's uh, uh, the time to rebuild it now because bombs are coming and coming and even if we start this process, it can be destroyed again. So what is your protection? Uh, it's uh, just uh, protection of monuments. If you are speaking about monumental art, uh, it's uh, sandbags, it's complexes with different uh, preservation mechanisms. I mean, you had one statue that you literally covered up. Yeah, we cover it. Right, but I mean, you really cover, you surrounded it. Yes, yes, all, all of the monuments, they are surrounded with sandbags and different constructions from our uh, partner cities. They, uh, our colleagues from Warsaw, for instance, they are... So the Polish have been helping? Yes, po- uh, Poland helped a lot because uh, we are very close to them and we have really good communication before the war. We had uh, different projects, joint projects, and uh, the, first, uh, the first monument that we uh, with these sandbags, all these uh, 10,000 of bags were from our Polish friends. They just sent it from the very beginning to Kharkiv. They sent uh, all these issues and items for covering monuments. I mean, of course, part of cultural heritage is to be able to continue the story, to continue the history, to tell it to your children and for them to tell it to their children. And if they're gone... Then it's gone. Yes, for sure. So we, we need to preserve it for future generations. We need to show, uh, and I'm absolutely sure the tourists will come to Kharkiv and they would like to see uh, Kharkiv from the period of being the capital of Ukraine, Kharkiv of the period of Soviet Union, of course, because it was history. But now our mayor, he absolutely sure that we are not going to rebuild uh, the um, offices, buildings that were bombed in the style of Soviet Union. It will be absolutely modern style, a new style, and now we are uh, communicating. No more block architecture. No more. <laughs> no more. But the reality of it is, you're still at war. Yes. How do you preserve something when you're fighting for your life? You mean monuments or lives? Both. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, it's a very difficult question, actually. Uh, we are not sure uh, when we are going to sleep in Kharkiv. Uh, we are just thinking, okay, if I will be alive uh, tomorrow morning, I will do that, that, that. So uh, we are not planning for a long period. Right. But, but so now we are planning uh, the reconstruction of Kharkiv. So we cannot plan our lives, but we can plan the master plan for Kharkiv reconstruction. So that brings up the next question. In a disaster situation, you have first responders, firefighters, medics, people who immediately save the situation. But we're really talking about second responders here, people coming in to help in the rebuilding. For the people listening to my show, how can they help? Uh, how can they get... We, I can uh, invite. I can invite, of course, but it's now it's uh, uh, dangerous. But I would like to invite everybody uh, when we will win, and but we are and we are absolutely sure that we will win. Uh, after our victory, I would like to invite everybody to see our city when it will be safe and uh, secure, uh, because uh, people need to show the information. People and now when journalists are coming, uh, because just uh, tourists they are not coming. Of course, it's dangerous. But to, um, journalists, diplomats, different ministers they are coming and showing uh, on their TVs. Uh, showing photos, showing and uh, sharing their experience uh, of uh, what do they see in Kharkiv. So that's why I, I really uh, I, I will appreciate if uh, people coming to Kharkiv will show the truth, will show the information about well, our city. Before we went on the air today, you showed me the before and the after pictures of the buildings and the monuments, what, what happened after the bombing. Yes. So is it safe to say right now that most of your heritage is, is now located underground? Yes. There are a lot of uh, exhibits uh, now in underground and we are uh, preventing it. And a lot of uh, events taking part in uh, underground because we are absolutely sure that we need to continue our life, our cultural life. And a lot of students are still in Kharkiv. A lot of youngsters are still in Kharkiv and they need to be a part of this cultural environment. So that's why they are holding a lot of events underground. And well, you've redefined the words underground art scene. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not because you planned it that way, <laughs> yes, but that's the reality. Yes, unfortunately. And what about the UNESCO World Heritage Sites? How do you protect those? Uh, you know, we still uh, we have one building, uh, one the, one of the most biggest uh, and most important uh, for Kharkiv. It's a building of uh, state industry. We name it Dershprom, uh, and it's in the uh, primary list uh, to UNESCO. And now, together also with our partners from Warsaw, we are preparing preparing the application to be in a uh, list uh, of UNESCO with this building. Bottom line is, you need the help and you need the help now. Yes, yes, sure. We need uh, as for uh, our, to cover our monuments, to cover our uh, buildings, to prevent the uh, interiors. We need these uh, OSBs, uh, these woods for covering uh, windows and uh, roofs. Of course, we need uh, just basic uh, needs for Kharkiv citizens. It's food, medicine, and so on. And uh, I would like to thank all our sister cities, international partners, because we receive a lot of humanitarian aid at the moment and that's why Kharkiv uh, citizens are coming back to Kharkiv because we have electricity, water and so on. So municipal services are functioning. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. 
Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. You know, it's safe to say that most Americans didn't really know anything about Ukraine. Unless they were Ukrainian Americans before February 24th. They didn't know where it was. They didn't know the history. They didn't know the cultural heritage. Um, and so the question then becomes, in the, in the land of unintended consequences, now people are a little bit more aware. But what do you want them to know? Yeah, unfortunately, people know about Ukraine now, uh, not with such emotions that we wanted today. Uh, because we did a lot uh, to uh, make people uh, to come to Kharkiv, to Ukraine, but not in such a way. And of course now our job is to share the information about what's going on, to share the truth, what's going on, to share photos and videos about uh, uh, rocket attacks uh, for monuments and so on. Because uh, Russians, they uh, attack not just uh, military objects or infrastructural objects, but monuments, the historical heritage. And of course we would like to uh, that people know about uh, Ukraine, about Kharkiv, our history, because it's really really good history. It's long history of uh, being Ukraine, Ukrainians. But now I should say that I'm really proud to be Ukrainian. And I'm so proud of my president, my mayor of my city. I'm so proud that I'm from Kharkiv. And, uh, you know, it's like a, a mission uh, now to say that I'm from Ukraine and I, I'm so proud of it. And of course, we would like to, people to come to Kharkiv and to other uh, beautiful Ukrainian cities and to see our history. That's why now we need to uh, preserve and we need to uh, make these objects survive uh, during this awful war. And we are doing our best for that. You know, it's interesting if you look at the, the cycle here. You were first part of the Soviet Union, yep. right? Uh, then 1989 showed up, yep. right? All of a sudden, Ukraine and so many other former Soviet republics became independent and became free. Uh, and then all of a sudden comes 2014, and Russia annexes Crimea. Yeah. And now, and now it's happening to you. Yes, unfortunately. And uh, you know, of course, sometimes we felt that uh, during different exhibitions or forums, I was asked, "Ukraine, where is it? Is it a part of Russia?" So people were not... They still are going back to the old days. Yes, unfortunately. And uh, our mission was to show people that Ukraine is an independent, free country. It's Unfortunately, it's very close to the Russia Federation. Unfortunately, because Kharkiv is just 50 kilometers from uh, the border. And it's, uh, it's very bad. It's very bad as for now. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, now our mission is uh, to show that Ukraine is not just a country uh, of war. It's a country with a great historical heritage. It's a country with a great culture heritage. It's a country with a great people. So, and I'm absolutely sure that after our victory, it will be the main 
purpose to show the beautiful uh, country and to show the country of free people, the country of uh, bravest people. And now all Europeans, Americans, you know that, that, how, uh, that Ukraine is a very brave country and it has very brave people. No question about the bravery, no question about the people, but from a military standpoint, the Russians have a pretty big army. The Russians have a pretty big air force. How can you tell me? They have no motivation. That's always the answer, isn't it? They have no motivation because they came to another country and they would like us to be free while they are not free. People are slaves. And slaves cannot teach uh, free people how to live. And there are a lot of uh, soldiers in the army, but they are absolutely unmotivated. And Ukrainians, uh, girls and men, because uh, in army now uh, there are not just men as, as, as it used to be. There are a lot of girls in army. And girls and men, uh, they are as brave as nobody believes that they can be. And they are motivated because they are uh, fighting for their houses, for their families, for their children. And they are uh, fighting for their freedom. Uh, that's why uh, the victory, of course, will be on our side. Because there is no other way. Otherwise, Ukraine will not be in the map of the world. Well, I can understand that emotionally, of course. But then there are the tactics yeah. and there are the logistics. So you and I are talking about preserving the art, the heritage, the artifacts, the culture. Uh, and that is essential in any civilization, to be able to hand that down from generation to generation. Uh, but all of that could be destroyed in an instant should the, should the Russians decide to up the attacks. You know, it's very, uh, very difficult question because uh, uh, now one of our missions is to, uh, to make all this survive because... Uh, it's a long history for uh, Ukrainians just to uh, be, uh, be proud of uh, the monuments, be proud of being Ukrainians. It's really long history because of uh, the USSR and so on, uh, because uh, the generation, my generation, we are not still in my part of country, in, uh, in the eastern part of country. Sometimes it was... Uh, Strange to hear stories uh, from the western part, uh, from our colleagues and friends from the western part of Ukraine, because sometimes we are really different, but we have same culture, we have same co uh, country, and uh, now when they are trying to uh, destroy everything, to destroy our history, uh, we are so uh, brave in preserving it because we really understand that if our children will not have. Uh, any monument just to show from the, from the past, there will not be a future because uh, uh, children, they need to, be, uh, to know about this history. They need to know who is Taras Shevchenko, for instance. Uh, we have a great monument to Taras Shevchenko. Tell so, me who he is. Uh, he's a great Ursa and he's a great poet and he's a great hero of Ukrainian nation because he fighted for uh, our independence. He fighted on his own way because he told uh, people that Ukraine is a very brave country. He's our Kobzar. It's kind of... Um, he is really hero in, in cultural sphere because he did a lot to show the world who is Ukrainians, what is Ukrainian doing, and why they should be free. 
because it's nation. It's not just a part of somebody. It's not the nation with somebody. It's a separate, uh, independent, and free nation. And so, what's happened to his monument? Uh, Thanks God, it survived and just for now, and we prevented with uh, different sandbags, different constructions that were given to us from our international partners, from the um, um, Warsaw, from Krakow, from Polish friends, because they understand what does it mean for Kharkiv, that this monument is really important, and this person was really important for Ukrainians. You know, uh, the monument to Taras Shevchenko in Kharkiv in, is the best monument in the world, the experts say it, uh, because there are uh, more than 250 monuments to Taras Shevchenko all over the world. Uh, as I know, almost in each capital city in Europe, there is a monument to Taras Shevchenko, but this one uh, in Kharkiv is the best one, for sure, because it shows the way of Ukrainian people to freedom. Now, in the interest of full disclosure, my grandparents are from Odessa. Wow, wow. Yeah. So we have a connection. Great. Yes. I feel it. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I well, feel it. Well, I'm looking forward to coming back there. You're welcome. You're highly welcome because, you know, I like Odessa very much. They are very good. And they, uh, actually, I'm proud because of them. Because uh, now, during the war, they... Uh, Feel, uh, feel the application to be to to, preve uh, to preserve the center of the city uh, by UNESCO. They uh, put this application, and now they are waiting for the decision, and they are doing this job uh, during the war. Kharkiv is uh, just on the first steps of filling this application to uh, put the uh, building of state industry, Dershprom, uh, to the list of UNESCO, because just now it's in the uh, pre-list. But to be a devil's advocate, just because it's a UNESCO site doesn't mean it's not in the target of a Russian missile. It is. It, because it's, they are destroying everything. Everything. It doesn't depend, uh, is it a military object or is it a sightseeing or is it a historical heritage, UNESCO sites and so on. It's, uh, I'm, I will be not, uh, it will be not surprised for me if they even don't know what does UNESCO means? Because actually sometimes I'm really ashamed uh, of uh, having uh, five uh, sister cities. We had five sister cities in Russia for a long period because we are really close. But now, of course, we are not, we don't have sister cities in Russia. Uh, but uh, during this period, during uh, the war, nobody from them even didn't call to ask if we are alive. But we were colleagues and friends for long time. So I will not be surprised if they don't know what UNESCO means. So that's why they can destroy everything. They can even don't know what this building is for. What, what's, is it a historical monument or just a building? But, uh, so I will not be surprised if they uh, do something with it. And if people want to get involved, how can they, get, how can they help? Uh, they can, they can help with uh, coming to Kharkiv, but not now. Uh, now, of course, it's uh, dangerous to come, uh, but if some journalists, photographers who, who is not afraid to come to uh, the city that is bombed every day, 
you're welcome. Just to show the truth, just uh, to show what's going on in Kharkiv. But I'm really proud that the life is uh, still going on in my city because we have a lot of events, cultural events in, in the underground and... Uh, I'm really proud when I when uh, international colleagues, international uh, partners uh, come to Kharkiv. I'm proud of this because they are as brave as Ukrainians. So if somebody is uh, some kind of bloggers who is uh, not afraid about being in uh, Ukraine, being in Kharkiv, you're highly welcome because it's really important to show the world the truth, to show what's really going on to show this uh, destroyed monuments and buildings. Uh, but after our victory, uh, travel industry for sure will be one of the main uh, economical uh, spheres in Ukraine and in Kharkiv itself. Because I'm sure the tourists will come to show uh, these destroyed buildings. Unfortunately, it's a kind of tourism, yes, black tourism, just to show, to, to see... Like Chernobyl. Yes, dark tourism yes. is out there, yes. Yes, so uh, I will be happy to welcome these tourists uh, in Kharkiv and uh, I will be um, pleased to show, unfortunately, this, best, uh, uh, this um, bad results of uh, the war, but I'm sure that the travelers will uh, enjoy the city not just with these objects that were destroyed, but with the spirit of Kharkiv citizens, with the spirit of the city, because uh, we, have, we have this spirit. Special spirit. And if you're visiting, you can then at that point be a second responder and be a part of the rebuilding effort too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But of course now we also save money for uh, different uh, reconstruction, uh, for uh, helping people, for helping children and so on. And of course we've got uh, funds that people can help uh, just now to, to reconstruct. Julia, thank you so much for talking to us. By the way, if you want to get more information, go to their website, Kharkiv Revival. The Ion Travel Podcast is produced by Amanda Morris and Anthony Protis-Chung. For more content from Peter Greenberg and the Ion Travel team, visit petergreenberg.com. Ion Travel is a production of CBS News Radio. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Varian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. 
two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them and not the man pulling the strings? Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.